Take the young ones in your life on an unforgettable journey that will get them excited about the Word of God with the Airship Genesis Kids Study Bible. Then continue the adventure with monthly audio adventures on airshipgenesis.com. Plus, download the Airship Genesis mobile game where kids will travel back in time to the life of Jesus. Blast off with the young one in your life at airshipgenesis.com. Earth has never seen a darker time than the seven years of suffering that will come during the tribulation. But today on Turning Point, Dr. David Jeremiah reminds us that it's in the darkness that God's hope shines the brightest. Discover how God's faithfulness plays out in the last days as David continues the series, The Handwriting on the Wall, with the conclusion of his message, Resurrection and Reward. Well, friends, we are in the last week of the month of April and the last few days of our study in the book of Daniel. For all of you who have responded and gotten back to us through the Internet and in the mail, uh, sometimes we've caught you on a phone call or even in person. Thank you for joining us to study this great book, and I hope it won't be the last time you get to do it. Today we're going to finish up what we started on Friday as we talk about resurrection and reward. Resurrection in the first four verses of Daniel 12. And we're also down to the last few opportunities I have to share with you our resource for the month of April. It's the book entitled The Last Hour, An Israeli Insider Looks at the End Times. Amir Sarfati is a friend of mine uh, who I met in Israel many years ago. He was a tour guide for us when I was there in one of the earlier tours we took to Israel. I did not know then that he was a biblical scholar. I found that out later. And uh, he has preached at Shadow Mountain Church. When he showed me this manuscript and asked me if I would write the foreword, I was really honored to do it. And now it's my privilege to make this book available to you for a gift of any size during the month of April. All you need to do is ask for it when you send your gift. Just say, please send me the last hour and we'll do it. We'll get it to you right away. It'll be in your library before you know it, and you'll be able to read it and be blessed and encouraged through this um, this really interesting look at prophecy through Jewish eyes, through the eyes of a guy who grew up in Jerusalem. Pretty fascinating. Well, now we open our Bibles again to Daniel and the 12th chapter. These are the last few lessons from this incredible book, and uh, let's study together right now. Turn to the book, Zechariah, chapter 13. And in this book, in the book of Zechariah, we discover that the Bible tells us exactly how many Jews are going to make it through the tribulation untouched by God's judgment and still be around to go into the millennium. Zechariah 13, 8 and 9. Notice what it says. And it shall come to pass that in all the land, saith the Lord, two parts in it shall be cut off and die, and the third shall be left in it. And I will bring the third part through the fire and will refine them as silver is refined and will test them as gold is tested. They shall call on my name and I will hear them and I will say it is my people and they shall say the Lord is my God. Now, when I figured this out, it answered a question that has puzzled me ever since I've been studying prophecy. I think one of the hardest verses in all of the Bible is the verse that says about the end times, and so 
all Israel shall be saved. We hear about national salvation, national salvation, that Israel is going to be saved as a nation. And you know, as I study the Bible in the New Testament, that puzzles me because God doesn't work that way. God doesn't save nations. God saves individuals. But do you see what we understand now from these passages of Scripture is that what God is telling us is that by that particular time in the tribulation, all Israel shall be saved because the only Israel that's left are those who have been refined in the judgment fires of God and the rebels are gone and the disobedient are gone and the apostates are gone and the only ones left are those who have believed in their Messiah and so all Israel shall be saved. You know, when you read the Bible, you get a lot of your questions answered. When you study God's Word, a lot of things start to make sense. In fact, over in the book of Malachi, which is the last book in the Old Testament, that just sort of puts it all in one beautiful setting, beginning in the third chapter in verse 16. And this is what it says, Malachi 3:16, into the fourth chapter in verse 2. Listen to it now. Once again, we're talking about the same period of time, and here's what it says. Then they that feared the Lord spoke often one to another, and the Lord hearkened and heard it, and a book of remembrance was written before him for them that feared the Lord and thought upon his name. And they shall be mine, saith the Lord of hosts, in that day when I make up my jewels, and I will spare them, as a man spareth his own son that serveth him. Then shall you return and discern between the righteous and the wicked, between him that serveth God and him that serveth him not. You see, in the Jewish nation, they think everybody serves God. And what God is saying here is, when I get done with the Jews, you're going to find out the ones that serve God and the ones that serve him not. Now notice in the fourth chapter, verses 1 and 2. For behold, the day cometh that shall burn like an oven, and all the proud, yea, and all that do wickedly shall be stubble, and the day that cometh shall burn them up, saith the Lord of hosts, and it shall leave them neither root nor branch. But unto you that fear my name shall the Son of Righteousness arise with healing in his wings, and you shall go forth and grow up like calves of the stall. Do you see what God is telling us? He's saying that the purpose of the tribulation period, as far as the Jews is concerned, is to purge out that rebellious section of the Jewish nation and to do away with apostate Judaism until what is left at the end of that period is the righteous nation of Israel that will ultimately then go into the millennium and with Jesus Christ as their king will rule and reign for a thousand years. The people of God, first of all then, there's a section of them that are going to be rescued. Out of the tribulation, there are a certain number, one-third of the Jews, who are going to be rescued. Now notice the second category, the resurrected people. First of all, the rescued people, and then the resurrected people. The Bible says that there's going to be a group of folks who are resurrected, verse 2. Now, in Daniel 12:2, we have a very interesting verse that has been very often misunderstood. In fact, it's the verse that's often used to prove that there's going to be a general resurrection, that everybody's going to be resurrected at the same time. You know that old uh, Negro spiritual that says something like this, in that great getting up morning, and it talks about everybody's going to be raised out of the grave. It's a really neat spiritual, but it isn't biblical because the Bible does not teach one general resurrection. But you can see how you might think that when you read the second verse. And many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting contempt. Now I need to take just a moment and give you a brief, brief outline of the resurrections. What is the first resurrection the Bible teaches? 
Christ's resurrection. In fact, it says Christ the what? The first fruits. The first resurrection is Jesus Christ. And when he was resurrected, the Bible says he was the guarantee that someday we shall be resurrected. When is the resurrection of the saved dead going to take place? At the rapture, 1 Thessalonians 4. It says in 1 Thessalonians 4 that we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together to be with the Lord, but we shall not precede those who have died, for they shall be resurrected and be with the Lord forever. So, you see, Christ's resurrection followed at the end of the church age by the rapture and the resurrection of all of the saved dead. Now there's a third section in the resurrected just, and that comes at the end of the tribulation period. Now let me just share this with you, and you stick it here and remember it. Christ is resurrected, then the church at the end of the church age, and that at the end of the tribulation period, there's another resurrection. And in that resurrection, all of the Old Testament saints are resurrected, as well as all of those who died during the tribulation period. And that's the end of the resurrection of the saved. Christ, the church, the Old Testament saints, and the tribulation saints. Christ at his resurrection, the church at the rapture, And at the end of the tribulation period, all of those who died in the Old Testament as well as those who died in the tribulation period. Now, listen carefully. The Bible speaks of two resurrections. The resurrection of the saved and the resurrection of the unsaved. The resurrection of the saved has three installments. Christ, the church, the Old Testament saints, and those who died in the tribulation. You got it? Just think about that in your mind. There are two resurrections, the resurrection of the saved and the resurrection of the unsaved. Christ, the church, the Old Testament saints, and the tribulation saints. Christ at his resurrection, the church at the rapture, and the Old Testament and tribulation saints at the end of the tribulation period. That's all there is to the first resurrection. Now, the second resurrection, well, let me ask you to turn to Revelation chapter 20, and let's find out about it. The second resurrection takes place all in one time. It's a one-shot deal. Everybody who's unsaved gets resurrected at the same time. Revelation chapter 20, and I want you to notice verses 4 through 6. Revelation 20, verses 4 through 6. And I saw thrones, and they that sat upon them, and judgment was given unto them. And I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus... And for the word of God, who had not worshipped the beast, neither his image, neither had received his mark upon their foreheads or in their hands. Now, who is that? What is that talking about? When did that happen? Those are people in the tribulation period. You know, not the mark of the beast. They haven't worshipped the ungodly dictator. And the scripture says they have died. The souls of them who have been what? Beheaded. Now it says in the next phrase that these who have died in the tribulation, what, what does it say? They lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. How did they live and reign with Christ when they died in the tribulation period? They got resurrected at the end of the tribulation. You got it? All right. Now, what about all of the rest of the dead? Glad you asked. It's in the next verse. But the rest of the dead lived not again until the thousand years were finished. And then it goes back to talk about the first part of the verse, and it says this is the first resurrection. The rest of the dead who lived at the end of the millennium, that's the second resurrection or the second part of the resurrection. Now, let me put the outline together. There's two resurrections, the just and the unjust. The resurrection of the just has three parts, Jesus Christ, the church, the Old Testament saints, and the tribulation saints. The second part of the resurrection is of the unjust. It has one thing that happens. At the end of the millennium, all of the unsaved dead are resurrected and immediately stand before the great white throne judgment. 
All right, now go back to Daniel 12. Back to Daniel 12. And notice what it says in Daniel 12. And many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth, verse 2, shall awake, some to everlasting life. That's the first resurrection. Christ, the church, the Old Testament saints, the tribulation saints. And some to shame and everlasting contempt. That's all the unsaved. You see, Daniel didn't see this as we see it. And in the middle of that verse, at the closest of the resurrections, there's a thousand years between the first half of the verse and the last half of the verse. Do you see it? And just like in the Old Testament, when the prophets saw into the future, they didn't see everything together like we see it. They saw it sort of all just focusing in on one. In this verse, we have both resurrections, though they're separated by time. And the Bible says that there's going to be a time of resurrection. Now, let me just stop here and make this point, and you need to understand this. The Bible is very clear. When God gets done resurrecting, nobody's left in the grave. You got it? Nobody. I don't care how sinful or how righteous, nobody stays in the grave. I don't care what anybody else says, nobody stays in the grave. God gets them all out, sooner or later. Some sooner and some later. All right, those are the resurrected. Now we've looked at two groups of people, the rescued, who lived through the tribulation, and the resurrected. Now I'm just so excited about this last one and we're gonna be finished. The last group are the rewarded. Boy, this is a neat section. And this is what it says, verse three. And they that be wise shall shine like the brightness of the firmament, and they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. Do you know the Bible is just like that? You're going along reading and you're struggling with all this tough stuff like tribulation and the resurrections and when do the people come out of the ground and who goes first and all of that. And then right in the middle of that difficult truth, God drops a little nugget that just so elevates you to you're almost ready to stand in glory. It says in verse 3 that in the midst of all of this difficulty, in the midst of all of this trouble, God has some special, special things that he has reserved for those who serve him. And I really believe that we're talking here about two different kinds of people that go through the tribulation period. And in relationship to how they function in the tribulation period, God says they are going to become stars in his galaxy. Notice what it says. And they that be wise shall shine like the brightness of the firmament. The word wise in this verse is a word which means to have insight into. And it really has reference, I believe, to being a teacher. Now listen, all you faculty members and all of you who are involved in teaching. It says here that they that be wise, that have insight, shall shine like the brightness of the firmament. Go back in your Bibles to the 11th chapter and, and notice two verses where that same word is used. Verse 33, and they that understand among thy people shall instruct many, yet they shall fall by the sword and by flame and by captivity and by spoil many days. Verse 35, and some of them of understanding shall fall. Now, here's the picture. God says that during that time of awful trouble on the Jewish nation, that he's going to raise up some who will be teachers of righteousness to the people of God in that period of time. I don't believe I've ever paid much of a price to teach the Word of God, although once in a while I've been criticized and sometimes written up and sometimes misunderstood. But can you imagine what it will cost a man to stand up in the tribulation period with the Bible in his hand and declare the righteousness of God without the mark on his body and knowing that when he preaches the truth of God that his head could roll at any moment and yet the Bible says there are going to be some courageous individuals who will instruct 
during that period of time from the Word of God and be an encouragement to God's people in the time of tribulation. God says when those people do that, they're going to be in my galaxy. They're going to be bright in the firmament. Now, that's the first category, the teachers. You got it? Now, I just want to tell you, teachers, I really believe that the same thought is certainly applicable to us today in that God places a high priority and premium on those who teach the Word of God. There is a special place in God's kingdom for those who teach accurately God's holy book. Now, the second group is in the same verse, and it says in the third verse, And they that be wise shall shine like the brightness of the firmament, and they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. I believe the second group are those who run around during the tribulation period getting everybody saved, they can get saved. Evangelizing, turning many to righteousness, telling them about the Messiah, bringing them into a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. We talk today about how hard it is to share our faith. Why is it hard? Because we're cowards. We're afraid. We don't like rejection. The next time you're seated on a plane next to somebody you think isn't a Christian, and your heart says, talk to him about the Lord, what does your mind say? Who, me? Right? I'm hungry. i got to study. I'm tired. She's probably saved. You can find a hundred different excuses not to witness because of fear. But listen to me now. Can you imagine what it will be like to talk about Jesus Christ in the tribulation period and turn people to righteousness when all hell has broken loose on earth and the penalty of death is on the head of a person who doesn't respond to the regime? And God says, when a person turns someone to righteousness in that day, they are going to shine like the stars. What do you think of when I say the word star? In sports, uh, you know, you can be a star for a short time, but as soon as it's gone, it's all over. Nobody even knows who they are. They once were stars. They're gone. You see, God's program isn't like man's program. God takes the unknown and elevates them into stars forever. Man takes the known, makes them stars for a little bit, and then forgets them. My favorite pastor in all of the world, as you know, is W.A. Criswell. And he uses these little paradigms to illustrate. He says, tell me in 1370, who were the lords and the dukes and the viscounts and the rulers of the earth? Who were they? I have no idea, he wrote. But we all remember John Wycliffe, the translator of the Holy Bible, one who shines as a star forever and ever. We remember John Wycliffe, whose body they dug up and burned and whose ashes they scattered on the river Swift that runs into the Severn, that runs into the Avon, that runs into the sea, that laps the shores of the earth. We know of John Wycliffe. Tell me, he said, in the year 1660, who were the lords and the viscounts and the kings and the rulers of the world? Some of us might guess one or two, but all of us know John Bunyan, who shall shine in God's galaxy forever. Tell me who were the lords and the viscounts and the dukes of the world in 1750? Most of us have no idea. But we know of John Wesley and Charles Wesley. We frequently sing their hymns of praise, and with them there was George Whitfield. And these are the stars in God's sky who shall shine forever and forever. All oh, think of their reward. And they that turn many to righteousness shall shine forever. Isn't that thrilling? That in the midst of this dark, 
awful hour of Israel when everything is black and everything is bleak and there is no hope in the midst of that. God says there are going to be some who are teachers of righteousness and some who are evangelists leading others to Christ. And those who are faithful in that terrible time are going to be placed in the great galaxy of God Almighty. And their shining will never stop. And as stars, they will never burn out. Oh, isn't it interesting how when we study the Word of God, we get God's perspective on life. You know, I see sometimes, and I think we all even have to admit that we are tempted on occasion to fight with it in our own lives. Isn't it easy for us, if we're not careful, to want to get just a little bit of the world's stardom? I mean, just a little bit. To manipulate, to try to work it around so that we can have just a little bit of the glory and the glamour that the world has to offer. And I think what God would say to us is, you've got to take your choice. I don't think anybody's going to write you up for spending time talking to people about Jesus Christ. You probably won't get in many magazines. When I want to tell you something, people, there's a God in heaven who never forgets what we do. In fact, in case you aren't sure of that, maybe you ought to turn with me to the book of Hebrews. This is one of my favorite verses. This is a great promise. If you memorize the Word of God, you might want to memorize this one. Hebrews 6.10. Could we read it out loud together? Everyone, with your Bibles open, Hebrews 6.10, read it out loud. For God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love, which ye have shown toward his name, in that ye have ministered to the saints and do minister. God is not unrighteous to forget. He knows. And he never, ever will allow you to go unrewarded. That's the truth of the rewarded in this chapter. I'm sure some of you have heard the story of the two missionaries who were returning to this land from Europe and happened to be aboard the same ship on which the Queen of England was traveling. As the Queen arrived in New York Harbor, the mayor and the governor, the bands, all of the protocol was laid out in front of the ship. As she got off, there were parades and music and all kinds of dignitaries. It was an overwhelming reception for the queen. And here stood this missionary, about ready to get off the ship, and he had a duffel bag in one hand, and his wife was holding onto his other arm. And they started down the gangplank. On the way down the gangplank, he turned to his wife and he said, Honey, you realize that we have spent the best 40 years of our life in Europe serving the Lord Jesus Christ, and we have come home to nothing. And this woman who just inherited a position, she had really nothing to do with it. She just inherited a position, and everyone turns out to see her. And that wise, godly wife squeezed her husband's hand and said, Honey, we're not home yet. We're not home yet. What a tremendous truth. If you're looking for all of your rewards in this life, you're going to be disappointed. But how many of you know God keeps good records and uh, payday is coming and uh, he will not allow anyone uh, to miss their reward. The Bible says, don't be weary in well-doing for in due time you will reap if you don't faint. So don't faint. Don't lose heart. Don't give up. God is watching and uh, he is rewarding. Tomorrow, uh, we're going to talk about the last word from Daniel. 
we have just two Daniel messages left. And uh, they're both from the last few verses of this book. And as you know, whenever you have a book study and you get to the end of the book, there are some, well, there's some sort of uh, last things that people need to take care of before they sign off. That That's somewhat this way. But we're going to see um, some wonderful, encouraging truth in these last two lessons as well. So be sure and join us tomorrow and Wednesday as we talk about the last word from Daniel. And then on Thursday of this week, we're going to share a very special uh, reprise of a service that we had in Madison Square Garden back in 2013. We will uh, share that service uh, as we conclude our month together and get ready for the study of the Lord Jesus Christ. We have a new study coming up called What You May Not Know About Jesus, What You May Not Know About Jesus Christ. And uh, that'll all take place in the month of May. Well, until tomorrow, this is David Jeremiah. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for being a part of Turning Point. And uh, join us tomorrow on this good station. Our message today came to you from Shadow Mountain Community Church, where Dr. David Jeremiah serves as senior pastor. Will you let us know how Turning Point is touching your life? Write to Turning Point for God of Canada, P.O. Box 70509, RPO, Oak Street, Vancouver, B.C., V6M 0A3. Visit our website at davidjeremiah.ca slash radio or call 800-946-4300. Ask for your copy of Amir Sarfati's book, The Last Hour, an Israeli insider looks at the end times. The book and a prayer for Israel bookmark are yours for a gift of any amount. You can also download the free Turning Point mobile app for your smartphone or tablet or search in your app store for the keywords Turning Point Ministries and instantly access our programs and resources with just a tap. Contact us today. This is David Michael Jeremiah. Join us tomorrow as we continue the handwriting on the wall here on Turning Point with Dr. David Jeremiah. If you enjoy listening to Turning Point with David Jeremiah, you will be happy to hear that there is now a daily Turning Point television broadcast that you can watch each weekday. Tune in to Faith TV, Joy TV, or Miracle Channel Monday through Friday to watch the Turning Point daily television broadcast. Be sure to check your local listings for the channel and time in your area. Or visit davidjeremiah.ca forward slash TV to download a program schedule or watch at your convenience. That website again is davidjeremiah.ca forward slash TV. Dear friend, I'm Dr. David Jeremiah, and I'd like to take a moment to speak with you as the world faces the coronavirus pandemic. There is no question we are living in a time of unprecedented uncertainty. It is unlike anything I have experienced in my whole life. And the temptation in times like these is to allow fear and worry to creep into our thoughts and to rob us of our joy. But in these uncertain times, we need to remember that God is still in control. And my prayer for you is that you are healthy, you're in a safe place and surrounded by those you love. Please keep the ministry of Turning Point in your prayers as well. We will continue to bring the healing power of God's word to you each day on radio, television, and online. And I really hope this will be a source of encouragement to you during the current coronavirus. So be safe, 
Be in the Word and be in prayer. If you've enjoyed today's program with Dr. David Jeremiah, you might be interested in hearing it again at your convenience. Stay connected to Turning Point by visiting our website at davidjeremiah.ca or by downloading our free Canadian mobile app. The app can be found by searching for Turning Point Canada on your smart device app store. Create an account and order digital resources from today's program with easy one-click checkout at davidjeremiah.ca. 